0: Protect and defend
1: And welcome. This is Karen Schoen, and you are listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, the alliance is very focused on education, and hopefully this year uh, we will get three bills passed, which are of major importance, one dealing with pornography. And we are not saying that adults cannot view anything they want. What we're saying is, let's be real. Let's keep it out of our children's hands because they can't even read and write. So focusing on sex should not be our goal. Focusing on reading, writing, and math is where we need to be. The other is on the HOPE scholarship, and that should apply to homeschool. Uh, Of course, we know that the public schools are deathly afraid of parents homeschooling their kids because when they homeschool their kids, their kids turn out to be a lot smarter. They're in-depth thinkers, they're innovators, they're curious, and they learn. And that is a wonderful thing because that's what school is really supposed to be. With that in mind, I have asked a very dear friend to join me this week, this Thanksgiving week. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday. I love cooking that Thanksgiving meal and bringing back all those wonderful smells from when I was a child that, of course, we don't smell anymore because we're eating plastic and other poison. Um, But Thanksgiving makes it real. I've asked Alex Newman, who has been a child advocate patriot journalist and has even has media company. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for homeschooling your children. That is a wonderful thing.
2: Well, thank you, Karen. It's great to be here. And I wouldn't trade homeschooling for anything, nothing. So it's, uh, it's a great joy and a great honor to be able to participate in uh, the raising and educating and discipling of children, and uh, I wish more people would do it. It's uh, one of the best decisions you'll ever make in your life. So.
1: And it's not hard folks. It is not something that, Oh my goodness, I wasn't a teacher. I don't know what to do. There's so much information and you can turn to Alex and his, uh, website, which is public school exit. You can also go to the Florida citizens Alliance, learn about the micro schools and work with other people that are homeschooling their children as well. Alex, there's so many things going on. It's almost, we don't know where to start. Uh, J6 videos are out, folks. If you haven't seen them, please do. And we will have a show on that. But I would like right now to really talk about what's going on with the internet, because one of the horrors of our legislators signing on to omnibus bills that they never read is hidden away. There are atrocious things that are laid upon we the people, and we don't even know, they don't even know that they are signing on to this. And in that bill, the infrastructure bill, there was $35 billion dollars to revamp, meaning write new rules to guard the Internet against the disinformation. Alex, you wrote some fabulous articles on that. Can you share some of your thoughts?
2: So there is a, a, a panic almost among global elitists who want to rule us about the internet. Uh, They've looked at their models. They've looked at the rate at which Americans and people around the world are waking up to their lies and their propaganda. uh, And they realize that if they don't do something quickly, the, the critical mass of people who are awake and onto them is going to be so enormous that no amount of propaganda, no amount of censorship is going to be able to deal with it. And so they're taking rapid and urgent steps to try to rein this in. Uh, I, I suspect that we're already past critical mass. I suspect that we already have so many people awake that uh, there's no stopping this at this point beyond, you know, just demolishing the infrastructure that keeps society operating. And, uh, They're pursuing every possible avenue to try to stop the spread of information. Actually, as we speak right now today, Karen, I'm working on an article about a new plan by UNESCO, the UN Educational Scientific and Cultural Organization. This is how they describe it in their press release. This is their headline. Online disinformation. UNESCO unveils action plan to regulate social media platforms. That that is their headline. So they are telling you (laughs) they plan to regulate your ability to communicate and express yourself freely on the Internet. Uh, they say they're going to go after misinformation disinformation fake news and hate speech which uh, each of those is uh, basically a poorly coded term to cover up uh, what they're really after which is the truth and um, and they're doing this at every level
1: i Uh, also read in that same article that um, they are going to be uh, one worrying about the values that are being put in place and 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 I'm thinking to myself, exactly whose values? Yep. So you are right on track. So what are they gonna to do to us, Alex?
2: Well, they're coming at us from every angle. Uh, during the Obama administration, Obama actually handed over ICANN, uh, transferred it out from under the US Department of Commerce over to a stakeholder consortium of governments and uh, mega corporations and international organizations. And so this is one of the critical pieces of architecture that makes the Internet happen. Uh, It's the the International Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers that kind of assigns a domain names and IP addresses and all all these different critical parts of the Internet. Uh, So I suspect uh, at some point, probably in the near future, if they can create some crisis and blame it on online freedom, they will actually try to ban online uh, activity. Anonymously, right? So you won't be able to use the internet without uh, logging in with your digital ID to reveal who you are so that you'll stop posting comments, so that you'll stop posting things on social media that uh, they don't want posted. And also so that they can track who has seen what, who has learned what, feed that into artificial intelligence and um, figure out exactly what they're dealing with. So that's coming. Uh, We have uh, massive, massive regulatory efforts coming out of the European Union. And they hope that because the European Union is so big and covers so many people, any regulations that are implemented to comply with EU dictates will end up being applied to the whole world. Um, And so we have a full blown all-out war on the internet. Uh, the same thing is happening here in the United States, where the Biden administration has partnered with the big tech companies to censor and silence Americans. Uh, we know a lot of this now. We've got the documents proving it. We've got um, what came out in the court case, where the White House was directly, co, literally co-conspirators with the big tech companies in uh, silencing Americans on election fraud, on the COVID injections, on uh, all kinds of issues. Now they're after climate, right? We know that the UN has entered into a formal partnership with Google to uh, suppress any information that contradicts their their fraudulent narrative surrounding global warming. Um, so it is coming at every level. It's coming full speed ahead. And frankly, if you go back far enough, what you find is a lot of these big tech companies are really just tentacles of the deep state and always have been. Um Google, to give you an example, was stood up uh, with help from DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Uh, Fascist Book was launched with help from InQtel and uh, the people who work with InQtel. InQtel is the uh, investment arm of the intelligence community. So the CIA, the NSA, right? Uh, and so all of these. Uh, systems that are being put into place by the big tech companies, the governments of the world and the international organizations are designed ultimately to silence you, make sure that you cannot access information that you need to keep yourself free and to hold criminals accountable. Um, and it's going to get uh, much, much worse, which is one reason I've been saying for years and years, uh, people need to go back to traditional publications, magazines, newspapers, AM, FM radio. Um, Do not let them interfere with that because that's going to be our last option for getting information out outside of this uh, ridiculously rigged internet that they're creating.
1: It didn't, uh, Nikki Haley. This is another thing, folks. Vet your candidates because didn't she come out and say, and then uh, roll it back because, oops, I made a mistake. I actually let you know what I think. And she said that in order for people to get on the internet, they should have to display their real name. So she is, in effect, doxing everybody. And that's what this is all about. Because once you put in your real name, let's say, uh, you know, uh, you have a a job and your job says you cannot get involved in politics. So you use a pseudonym to get involved in politics so that there's no correlation. Well, if you have to put in your real name, everybody in your office is going to know who you are and what you say and what you think. And there goes your job. So people will then be "Quote afraid to say where who they are and what they think, and I think that's the goal and the objective. And also, I think Kathy Hochul did the same thing. So, and also, I read Alex that they are bringing back net neutrality. Could you explain what that is?
2: Well, net neutrality is designed to appeal to people who aren't thinking clearly about stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it would basically get the federal government um, just." completely into the business of regulating the internet. Uh, and it's being packaged, it's being marketed as a way to make sure that the internet service providers can't discriminate against uh, certain content, right? So they they can't uh, speed up Google and slow down Netflix. They can't speed up a company that pays them and slow down a company that won't pay them. Uh, but what it really is, is it's the camel's nose under the tent. They want to start telling um, everybody in the internet Ecosystem, if you will, what they can and can't do, um, and and they're they're moving on this very rapidly. We see the FCC uh, taking votes and making moves now to take over the internet. Uh, they want to centrally plan the internet, and I think ultimately, um, you know, they they hope to turn the internet not into a tool for people to communicate freely and share information freely and liberate themselves, but really into a tool of oppression. Uh, They want it to become basically a propaganda megaphone for the establishment and also the greatest surveillance technology that has ever existed in all of human history that will gather unfathomable (laughs) amounts of data on you, feed that back into the algorithms and the AI systems, and then ultimately be able to determine what your social credit score ought to be. So like in China, If you ask too many questions about the government, if you contradict the government narrative, if you have friends who are not uh, good, loyal slaves, uh, then you get a worse social credit score. And so what it ultimately ends up doing is uh, controlling the entire population without even having to use the brutality. So net neutrality is basically a scam. It's a marketing gimmick to try to uh, package Internet control and regulation by government as something that would be desirable. But of course, uh, it is ultimately about control.
1: Oh, it's always about control, folks. That's what their whole game plan is. How do we control uh, depopulation? We have to control the population. There's not too many people on the planet. We can feed them fine. But if you take away food sources and you restrict food Growth and food production, then there's not going to be enough food. So the planet is overpopulated. That's the way it works. First, they will make the regulation, and then they'll tell you what's wrong with you and how you can't live within that regulation, which, of course, is impossible because all you are really doing is uh, shouting for paying for your own demise. And that's the sad part because I think that's maybe what we, the people, are Waking up to that, it's time to defund these people. It's time to defund these groups because, in effect, we are paying for our own demise. Alex, I don't think people realize that it's not just your personal computer or your iPhone or your cell, your phone or your tablet that's connected. But we now have things like smart meters and electric cars. So who's going to be controlling those? The smart meters will be in your home. Government says, oh, Alex, you've been a bad boy. We're going to have to shut off your electricity. Click. There goes your electricity. You won't have electricity from uh, for the next two hours. And this is exactly what goes on, especially in third world countries. So um, am I right? Are we on the right road? It's not just the internet, your personal computer and things. It's everything we do today, isn't it?
2: You're exactly right, Karen. And that's one of the things that people need to understand. They're moving very rapidly first toward what they call the Internet of Things, where everything is going to be connected to the Internet. Your toaster, your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your car, your cell phone, your air conditioner, your whole entire house or your smart meter. Everything would be then controlled by this uh, internet online system. And then the next step after that, and they're talking about this already, is the internet of bodies, where even you personally would be connected. Now, uh, there's a lot of insight on this in Klaus Schwab's uh, very terrifying book on what he calls the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, he says that a lot of these technologies that are ubiquitous today, like your personal surveillance device masquerading as a smartphone, uh, these are going to become not just part of the world around us, but he says they're going to be implantable in our bodies and brains. It is His exact words in his book, um, He says that, uh, you know, obviously there will be people who won't want to go along with this. So he proposes mandatory brain scans that government would mandate uh, submission to this uh, Internet of Bodies. And uh, they're moving very rapidly now toward implantable technologies toward uh, uh, Elon Musk. Actually, the head of Twitter is working on something called Neuralink that will directly connect a human brain to a computer system. Elon Musk has actually said publicly that we're going to have to merge with AI if we don't want (laughs) to be made irrelevant. And so when you realize that uh, evil totalitarians are driving this push and that evil totalitarians plan to connect absolutely everything to this insane grid that they're building, um, it, you know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this is not going to end well for humanity if we don't put our foot down and say no.
1: And the way I believe to put your foot down and say no is to impress upon our legislators to stop paying for this madness. And look at what just happened in San Francisco. Uh, All 400 American corporations, technology companies, governments went and had a dinner at forty thousand dollars a plate. $40,000 a plate. Do you realize how much money that is and how many people that would feed? How many people, uh, families are living on such poverty in America right now? And now they gave $40,000 a plate and a standing ovation and said, we should be emulating China we should be just like China. Uh, let's let's think back to the way China was during the COVID crisis and how they locked people in their apartments and these huge high-rises. People were locked with no food, no water, but it didn't matter because that's what the Chinese government wanted to do. I think, Alex, they're going to be doing that here too because I just read that um, Biden gave... billion in anticipation of the commercial uh, real estate foreclosures to turn those uh, uh, high-rises that used to house office buildings into their 700-square-foot apartments for people to live in. So what's that all about?
2: Yeah, that's kind of the design for the world that these uh, megalomaniacs have in mind. Um, You know, you will own nothing and you'll be happy uh, as they gradually destroy the economy and get rid of the middle class. They want to get us dependent on their universal basic income. And uh, this, uh, you know, this great reset, it's all been laid out, right? There's no theorizing here. These people have publicly said what they're doing. And uh, on the subject of China, if you want to know what this new world order will look like if these megalomaniacs get their way, Communist China actually offers you the clearest vision of the direction they're moving in. Um, you know The, the deep state in the United States helped bring Chairman Mao to power uh, after World War II. They helped build up communist China. David Rockefeller went over there in the 70s and talked about how the social experiment under Chairman Mao's leadership was the most important and successful in all of human history. Uh, Then you had, uh, obviously, Henry Kissinger helped build them up, uh, then Clinton, then Bush. Um, At every step of the way, they've been building up this mass murdering dictatorship. Uh, Ten years ago, you had George Soros publicly say in an interview with the Financial Times that communist China should own the new world order in the same way that the United States owns the old world order. Uh, Keep in mind, this is the most murderous dictatorship that's ever existed in human history. They've slaughtered more than 100 million people so far. Um, And then uh, this year, actually this summer, you had Klaus Schwab come out and say that communist China is a role model, that he respects their achievements and that they are a role model for the world. Uh, And so then to see these CEOs of the biggest American companies, I mean, people like Tim Cook of Apple, one of the biggest companies that's ever existed in the world to pay all this money to to sit at the table of honor with this mass murdering dictator. um, It's repugnant. It's disgusting. I think people ought to be taking names here of all these people who are selling out our country. But uh, more than that, it shows you what direction the elitists in the United States think this is all moving. Um, they are kissing the ring of uh, the man they see as their future overlord. And um, we ought to all be very, very concerned. If you know anything about the communist Chinese system, you know it is, uh, it is absolutely antithetical to everything our country was founded on. It's uh, against religious liberty. In fact, it's a ruthless persecutor of Uh, anyone from any religion that uh, doesn't comply with the Communist Party line. Um, It's operating a network of concentration camps across China with millions of people inside. It chops organs out of political dissidents and uh, religious dissidents. Uh, This is one of the most horrific regimes that has ever existed in human history. So to have American elites betraying our country, Uh, for this mass murdering communist Chinese system uh, is unconscionable. And yet it's happening. It's now come out of the closet. You can watch it happening. They don't even bother to hide it anymore. I don't know if people saw the video of Xi Jinping driving down the streets of San Francisco, just totally flanked with uh, CCP flags up and down the road. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. And yet it's happening now, right in front of our faces.
1: I know the one that disgusted me the most was watching the Marines carrying the CCP flag. That was horrific. And uh, to me, that's treasonous. Alex, you mentioned universal income. And I believe, of course, money is the way they're going to control us. Most people think that the CBDC card is just like another credit card. But it isn't, is it?
2: No, it's not. Uh, It's going to be a tool for absolute control. Not only will privacy be totally eliminated, uh, they're openly talking about making these uh, digital currencies programmable, where uh, you will only be able to buy or sell the things that your overlords have determined that you're able to buy or sell. Um, They'll be able to impose negative interest rates to force you to spend and not be able to save. They don't want anybody uh, accumulating any extra wealth or passing on anything to their children. Um, So this is very, very dangerous what they're doing here with these CBDCs. Uh, It's happening at the global level. The Bank for International Settlements brags that something like 95% of all governments and central banks are now working to impose these CBDCs on the planet. And uh, folks, it will be the end of all freedom. If they get their way on this. So,
1: yeah, we have to make sure that they don't. And our state, uh, we're in the state of Florida, um, or I should say the state of confusion, but (laughs) um, we are in the state of Florida. And Governor DeSantis, even though I am more than annoyed with him for running for office, did do a couple of good things um, with legislation. And he said no CBDC cards. However, he's only going to be in office for two more years. So, this is going to be really up to we, the people, as to what we can do to stop this from happening. And making sure that the people that you are elect are informed, understand what's going on, is going to be our job. What do you think, Alex? What can we, the people, do?
2: Uh, there's a lot we can do. Uh, first of all, stop using digital money as much as you can. Right, uh, Turn back to cash. Uh, support your local businesses. Stop supporting these evil, woke corporations that hate you. Pull your investments out of BlackRock and evil, woke corporations that are waging war on you and your family and your churches and your synagogues and your communities and your states and your freedoms. Uh, Very simple. if you own, for example, uh, ETFs with iShares, that's BlackRock. Get the money out of there. Find another place to invest. That's very simple to do. Um, Start making purchasing decisions uh, locally as much as you can. And also avoid these woke companies. There's a number of different services now that will help you uh, avoid the most evil companies out there. Um, And then, of course, we need to get involved. Right. Uh, And and I think it begins in the home. It begins at the individual level. We need to educate ourselves before we can go out and educate others. Uh, We also need to protect our children from the indoctrination. Uh, as you know, Karen, the the indoctrination taking place in public schools today is one of the most important weapons that they're using to destroy our country and destroy our families and destroy uh, our Constitution. So we absolutely must begin in the home with our own children, making sure that uh, they're getting a proper education, that they're learning how to think, that they're learning real history. Um, And then uh, from there, you know, we ought to be involved in local and county and state and federal government. So find candidates to support or run yourself. Um, You know, we need as many decent people as we can get right now at all levels of government. Uh, That's how we're going to stop this craziness.
1: It certainly is. And folks, don't think just because you are in a, quote, red state, unquote, that you are immune to what's going on, because 30 cities... As um, I know right now, have signed on to the concept of a fifteen-minute city, which means everything was is that you need quote that they determine that you need is within a fifteen-minute walking distance. So in effect, you're going to be put in a prison. That is of your own making because your CBDC card may not have enough credits for you to go out and visit your aunt who lives in a different city. So on the couple of minutes that we have left, Alex, anything on 15-minute cities in the wonderful state of Florida?
2: Yeah, well, they're working on building them right now in Florida, right? Uh, some of the cities on the uh, Gulf Coast that got seriously hurt by the uh, the hurricanes last year and this year are being rebuilt as 15-minute cities and they're actually saying it, right? Uh, they're, they're saying it in the mainstream news now that we're going to rebuild these cities as 15-minute cities. Uh, think of them more as 15-minute prisons where um, you know, you'll, you'll be totally limited in where you can move, how you can move, what you can do, uh, who you can go visit um you know it won't happen overnight this is obviously a gradual process but uh we need people to be paying attention to this we need people to resist this agenda uh we must we must oppose this tyranny uh once it's in place it will be virtually impossible to get rid of it and so we must stop it before it's imposed on us
1: it, we certainly must and making sure that uh regulations are not strangulations and making sure that your people that you elect follow the right rules, which you know more of than they, and... (laughs) whoever they are, that they are vetted and you make sure that their actions match their words. Too often, these politicians will say whatever it is to get elected. And then when they get in office, they do something entirely different. So there's a lot of things that we can do. Look in the mirror if you want to know how this can be accomplished, because you are the one that can make it accomplished. Alex, I want to thank you. But before we go, please tell everyone where they can find you and your wonderful work.
2: Uh, Thank you so much, Karen. So my personal website is Liberty Sentinel. That's S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L.org. People can sign up for my free newsletter there. Just put your email address in. We send out two, maximum three per week with all the most important information uh, for help getting out of the public school system, publicschoolexit.com. And then uh, I'm senior editor at the New American magazine, thenewamerican.com. People can get that printed magazine. I write for a lot of different publications, including the Epic Times. But uh, central place is libertysentinel.org. And uh, you can get everything that I'm doing, or at least a representative sample of it right there. And thanks again for having me, Karen.
1: It is always a pleasure, and thank you for all the hard work that you're doing. Folks, don't go away. We will be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and their fabulous program called The Micro School. Please get involved. It's up to us. Don't touch that dial Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health
2: naturally. Cofix Rx Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix Rx. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25.
0: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
2: We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutLoud.news
0: Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I cannot say enough about them, folks. Get involved. That's the major key. And you don't have to be in Florida to see what we're doing and use it in your state, because many of the states are doing the same thing, not paying attention to laws, not paying attention to the Constitution, leaving our borders open and then complaining about what follows. How crazy is that? We just spent the whole segment talking about the globalists and how what they intend to do to us if we don't pay attention. But there's another component that keeps on rearing its ugly head, and a large part of it is accepting due to the propaganda of what we have been hearing. And that would be the Islamists. And I hear that word and I go, what is an Islamist? I never heard that word before. Um, So I have asked somebody who is the most proficient that I know of in the Middle East and can explain what's going on in the Middle East. And Claire Lopez, thank you so much for joining me today. Claire, do you think the, quote, Islamists, I'm going to ask you what they are, have joined forces with the communists to destroy the West. Is that what we should be gleaning from all of this?
3: Well, thanks again for having me, Karen. It's good to be back with you. Um, The first thing to note is there's no such thing as Islamism or Islamists. Those are made up squish words. They mean nothing. They signify nothing. Uh, We should never use them. Um, There is the faith of Islam, which is based on Qur'an, Hadiths, the Sirah, that is the biography of Muhammad, and Sharia, which is Islamic law. And uh, those Muslims who are devout, faithful, and obedient to that canon of the Islamic faith, um, the most obedient are called jihadis. And uh yes, there are many Muslims who are not faithful to the doctrine of their own faith, and they are not jihadis. But that's the only difference. There is Islam, there are many Muslims, all of whom are not jihadis, and there are jihadis which are uh, always Muslims, and they are the most devout and faithful and obedient uh, to Islam.
1: So those would be the most radical and just... No, like... they're not
3: radical at all. Um, oh, it's, okay. It's, uh, no, they're not extreme. They're not radical. Those words signify a deviation from the norm, right? But when okay. you're talking about straight up the middle, mainstream, normative, orthodox Islam, you, you can't call that extreme. That's just that's the, the big part of the bell curve, right? That is straight up the middle. That is what Islam is and has been for nearly 1400 years. So uh, we would call that um, uh, Islam, mainstream, normative, orthodox Islam. So the faction that is
1: coming from that that's doing the terrorism bases their ideology on Islam, but aren't um, and they just carry it to the umph degree of terrorism they and destruction. And they yeah. are the most, okay. They're the most faithful. The mo- Okay. Because in, from what I understand in uh, Islam itself, uh, they are supposed to
3: get rid of the,
1: anybody that doesn't believe alone. It's obligatory.
3: With them. Absolutely. Jihad is obligatory for every faithful Muslim. Now, jihad can be carried out in different ways, Um, It can be carried out through speaking or writing or financing uh, and also by warfare. Uh, So there are different ways to fulfill the obligation of jihad, um, and all of them are not necessarily violent uh, in the kinetic sense, but they're all uh, obedient to Islam and in, in that sense, then mainstream, normative, orthodox, straight up the middle
1: then that makes sense as to how the Gaza people elected Hamas as their rulers because they're really, they thought, part of the same. They're part of the same.
3: We have to to think. I mean, honestly, where where do the uh, Hamas cadres come from? Well, they're the father, sons, husbands, and brothers of the Gazan people, aren't they? I mean, they didn't parachute in from Mars. Right. You're absolutely right. And the elections that were held back in 2006 uh, were basically between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, headquartered in Ramallah, in Samaria. And uh, the people in Gaza in 2006 voted overwhelmingly and chose Hamas uh, rather than the Palestinian Authority, which in the following year, 2007, uh, was completely kicked out of uh, Gaza and um, its, uh, its, its <laughs> officials and, and followers and people uh, were, were murdered, uh, were thrown off of buildings and um, kicked out of, uh, out of Gaza. It's uh, kind of interesting to see at the current time that you've actually got people uh, talking about after uh, the war is done and, and Hamas exists no more. Uh, that the PA, the Palestinian Authority, which is every bit as much jihadi as Hamas ever was, is uh that, that the Palestinian Authority should be brought back into Gaza to administer um the uh the Gaza Strip um insanity on steroids, I guess. I would
1: have to say that is totally insane. So what you're saying and what I'm seeing are two different things because after 2006 or 7 the israelis pulled out of gaza there were no more 2005. Five. Okay, mm-hmm. so there no, we're no more Israelis, no more Jews in Gaza. So how are they screaming about colonialism and they have to free Gaza from the Jews? That
3: whole thing does not make sense. You know, you're absolutely right, Karen. Of course, in 2005, under the Israeli Prime Minister, Ariel Sharon, uh, it was decided to completely pull out all official Israeli presence from Gaza. And uh, we remember the photos and and the videos of, of, of IDF troops literally dragging people out of their homes, out of their synagogues. You know what they even did? They dug up the Jewish cemeteries and brought the bodies back to Israel to be reburied there. That is how completely Israel left Gaza in 2005. So, how Uh, are they saying? No occupation occupation. at all since 2005. No, you can't even, I mean, you you can't call it occupation for many other reasons anywhere else, either Samaria or Judea. But certainly in in Gaza, there's been no official Israeli presence since 2005.
1: And yet the uh, talking heads and all of the idiots in the colleges are screaming about
3: Israeli occupation because they don't know their own history. They don't know what happened uh, in Gaza, in Judea, in Samaria. They have no idea of the history of the 20th century, let's say after the collapse during World War I of the Ottoman Empire and what subsequently um, took place in terms of international law regarding the areas of the Levant. They have no idea because they've never done the homework. I mean, what do they study in college? Uh, gender uh, whatever and and the lmnop alphabet stuff no they don't learn history they know nothing about history
1: okay so follow along with me through from 2005 the west especially america and even israel were giving money to gaza So where did all of that to UNRWA,
3: not to Gaza specifically, but to UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, uh, that is the special department of the United Nations uh, that distributes uh, such aid in the Gaza Strip.
1: So where did all of this money go? How come the people are living
3: in hovels and well, they're uh, not. That's the point. Um, I've actually been to Israel multiple times and I've been on the border with Gaza multiple times. Um, and I've been at the crossing points, um, Kerem Sharon, for example, between Israel and Gaza. And uh, I've seen the trucks, flatbed trucks, piled high with sacks of flour, for example. Uh, also with bags of cement, which were supposed to be for the homes and the clinics and the kindergartens, you know, uh, for the poor Gazan people. Uh, but instead, of course, uh, that cement went to build tunnels inside of which I've been as well. Uh, but but here's the other thing about Gaza. Um, number one, it sits on top of a very large aquifer of water. Uh, it's got its own enormous water supply. Now, the sort of widespread unregulated digging of wells has caused some of that aquifer water to be contaminated with the salt water of the Mediterranean Sea, but that's that's Khamas and Gaza. Um, the other thing, though, is that the climate uh, in the Gaza Strip, at, as in Israel, and and really uh, along the entire, you know, southeastern littoral of the Mediterranean Sea and beyond, is quite pleasant. It's, it's warm. It's, um, uh, you know, typically very... Um, very, very helpful for the 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 growing of crops, and so Gaza is overflowing with produce. If you've ever seen the marketplaces, there are mountains of fruit and vegetables piled on the shelves. They export millions of dollars of produce, fruit and vegetables every year. They're not starving.
1: So um, no, where they're are they're all to of these
3: flour? Where um, are all like these? That. Where
1: are all of these starving pictures and all of these pictures that we're seeing of the Gaza people that are living in poverty and haven't got a penny to their
3: name and living in huts and hovels? And
1: where is I've all that coming? I've never seen a
3: single photograph that looks like that. Never. Not one. And, and yet
1: the, that's what our kids believe. That's it's so sad. I mean, this Well, is... it's
3: called disinformation and it's deliberately spread. Uh, in order to uh, engender uh, sympathy, I guess, for the underdog, uh, meaning Hamas, terrorists, who murdered upwards of 1,200 Israelis on Shabbat, uh, the Shabbat massacre of October 7, engender sympathy for them, um, for whatever reason, uh, which is incomprehensible to me. So all of
1: this is really based on a religious belief that the only true religion is Islam and everyone in the world should be practicing Islam. Otherwise, you're an infidel and deserve to be beheaded or killed or whatever has, whatever fate has, that uh, they have determined that you are because you're not part of nor believe in Sharia so that's yes. that's basically yes. the whole the whole thing of what they're doing That's
3: correct and if one would go to the internet um, and look up the Hamas Covenant Covenant because it is an agreement between Hamas and God Allah uh, and look at that 1988 document the year that Hamas was formally established and that Hamas Covenant was published, In the opening lines, uh, one would see um, this, this phrase and it says, Israel exists and will continue to exist until Islam, not the Palestinians, not the Gazans, not Hamas, until Islam will obliterate it as it has obliterated others before it.
1: Okay, well, now that makes sense. Because the other, quote, I guess, factions would be Hezbollah, that has the same goal, and the Houthis, which has the same goal. So all of these countries basically have the same goal, that the only well, true again, religion I mean, is Islam.
3: We, we go back uh, to the beginning of our discussion today, and, and what is a faithful, devout, obedient Muslim? It is one who wages jihad in some way or another. Uh, Hezbollah and Hamas and the Houthis and the Hashdashabi Shiite militias in Iraq and others are all uh, Islamic terror proxies of the Islamic Republic of Iran, Uh, even though some of these are Sunni, like Hamas is Sunni, and others are Shiite, like Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the smaller group in Gaza, is Shiite. Hezbollah is Shiite. And by the way, I always say Hezbollah because in pronouncing it that way, you get the meaning of the word. Hizb, H-I-Z-B in English. Um, the Arabic meaning of that is party. Allah, God. Allah is the Arabic word for God. So Hezbollah, the party of God. But if you say it any other way, you lose that meaning. So that, that's one of the reasons I pronounce it that way. But um, we're, we're talking about the Dar al-Islam, the house of Islam, those places where uh, Islamic law, where Sharia is enforced or or at least practiced to some extent, and the Dar al-Harb, the house of war, all those other places on earth that must be conquered according to Islamic doctrine for Islam and subjugated to Islamic law.
1: Okay. Well now that makes sense because as I get, as countries have accepted Muslim refugees, this is why they are, I guess, um, Practicing jihad, not necessarily through um, violence, but through other means, like uh, our our education, has now been twisted. Um, instead of Muslim Islam being just another religion and studied as a religious group, it is now to take over the West. From what I'll you're have saying, look,
3: uh, you know, at, at at what's going on in places like Western Europe, countries like France, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, and more, uh, Sweden. Um, some of them are having second thoughts about having been so welcoming, about opening their borders uh, to an influx uh, from the Middle East of people who do not share the Judeo-Christian background history culture civilization uh, that once was western europe and look at yes the violence the violence that is going on in those places sweden sweden is now the rape capital of all of western europe that's all of europe that is hard Uh, uh, inconceivable right hard to believe yes (laughs) but that's that's the that's the fact of the matter um and so you know, it, it, they're thinking again about, well, it's kind of late now, but maybe we shouldn't have allowed our borders to be wide open. Maybe we here could take a couple of lessons from them about our own wide open southern border and what's been flooding through it, unchecked, unvetted for the last two and a half years. Yes, jihadi cells are here inside the United States. And... um we're looking at attacks from jihad cells, uh, maybe others as well, at some point soon. Why do you think that Europe was
1: so uh, welcoming that well, they allowed this to happen? Was there a
3: philosophy behind it? Not, not a philosophy per se, but I guess what I would call it is a um, a loss of <laughs> sense of value for their own background history judeo-christian values and traditions and principles just a loss uh in in the belief in those things and the mistaken idea that well you know everybody just wants the same thing i mean this is what our own president george w bush said after 9 11 didn't he oh everybody just wants the same thing and they want to raise their families and you know peace and and prosperity well no, uh, that's not what everybody wants. We're not all the same. And Europe is now finding that out, you know, to its uh, its uh, grief and dismay. Um, but here's the thing. You were talking, Karen, about uh, people looking at Islam as just another world religion, you know, like Buddhism or Hinduism or, or uh, Christianity, for that matter. Uh, well, no, it's not. And here's why, because in Islam, there is a legal system that is obligatory, not only for those who are subjugated to Islam, uh, but for those uh, whom they intend to conquer and to spread Islamic law over. And so it's not just the protection of the First Amendment in the United States Bill of Rights, The protection of freedom of religion which our founding fathers thought of as prayer and worship devotion you know maybe some fasting and diet rules um perhaps pilgrimage that was the definition of religion but when you get to an opposing antithetical legal system called sharia now in the united states anyway and under our constitution That runs afoul of Article 6 of our Constitution, which says the Constitution of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land and the laws derived from it. That's a complete contradiction. You can't have both freedom of something they call religion when, in fact, it's a legal system, part and parcel, uh, that intends to dominate and subjugate everyone else to it
1: oh this is a whole different thing so these people who have um, gotten into political office for example and placed their hand and said that they would take an oath to the constitution are lying because they can't
3: yeah well because if you look at the books of law of islam which i do uh in english translation um there are entire sections of Islamic law dedicated to lying. Those are chapter titles, lying. And in certain circumstances, when the objective of Islam is to be achieved, uh, then and, and that objective is obligatory within Islam, like jihad is obligatory, then lying to achieve that objective is also obligatory. It is obligatory under Islam to lie when the objective to be achieved is itself obligatory.
1: So essentially, we should never have anybody who is a practicing Muslim in office because you can never tell when they're telling the truth.
3: We would well, never know. That's the truth. That that I mean, th- th- there's no other way to look at this. Um, if they are uh, faithful, devout, Uh, obedient to uh the doctrine to the law to sharia to islamic law they cannot take a pledge to another legal system that being the united states constitution and when they do or if they do of course they're lying
1: Wow, Claire, that is a mouthful and a lot to absorb and something that we really need to be aware of. This is a whole different look at things when you filter in the fact that it's a total legal system. And then, of course, we made it easy for them because we practice baby killing, which they are against. Uh, We allow gays and transgenders, which they are against. Uh, We are anti-family, which they are against. And of course we are now anti-God, which they are against. So we have essentially given them the tools for them to defeat us by going and saying, look at the Americans, they're woke, They're, they're sinners, they're whatever, and making it
3: easy for them to take us down. Well, what is amazing to watch, I think, for any of us, you know, who know these things about Islam, uh, for example, there are seven major criminal categories called the Hadood crimes and the punishments that go with them, and they're directly out of the Quran. That's why they are so important to know. Uh, Among these are things uh, like apostasy, highway robbery, and, oh yes, being homosexual. Not even doing anything homosexual, just being homosexual, and uh, each one of these seven who crimes comes with capital punishment. So you see these these marches of these clueless, uh, you know, people on the streets and the campuses all across America, you know, LGBXYZ for Hamas, gays for Hamas, rainbow flags for Hamas. And they have no idea that were they actually over there uh, openly proclaiming these things in public or even if it were found out privately, they'd be dead tomorrow. They'd be tossed off a high building because that's the Hadood punishment that goes with uh, these these infractions of Islamic law. They have no idea what they're talking about. It's, it's just, you, you can only imagine them over there uh, looking at these these people Laughing. and their signs and their banners and their placards and thinking, what idiots, if only we could get our hands on them.
1: Yeah, they could invite them to uh, Gaza and throw them off any building that the Israelis leave standing because that's what they would wind up doing. Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. I have to have you back because we have to dig further into this and have a better understanding so we can pass this information on. This is really quite a different viewpoint of what we have been told. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. This is Karen Schoen. You've been listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, get involved. We no longer can sit on the sidelines. That day has passed. We are not going to get anything done by sitting on our couch and throwing socks at the television. It doesn't work. Thank you all. See you again next week.